Spearsy, hand me that pair of high-leverage, long-handled diagonal cutters. A what? Damn it, man. Don't you know that if I can't defuse this bomb before September 5th, we're doomed? Now hand me those semi-flush diagonal cutting pliers with the red handles. Now! Wait a minute, dude. You're changing tool names on me. I'm not that stupid. Okay, then just make me a Gibson so I can take the edge off. Here you go. Even got you the little cocktail onion you love so much. Now, what's this about a deadline? <sighs> ah, the 80s cruise, dude. That promo code stuck? It turns out that people have to use it before September 5th. After that, the discount goes boom away. It goes away? But that saves people at least $1,000 on a cabin. They need to use it now, like ASAP. Yeah, dude. Hence the ticking time bomb and the drink. Ah, so the bomb is a bit more of a metaphor then. Ugh. I don't have time to explain this to you, Spearsy. But if people want to see Rick Springfield, Loverboy, Berlin, Billy Ocean, Thomas Dolby, and more on board the Celebrity Summit this spring, they need to book now. So, okay, this seems pretty straightforward. Use the promo code STUCK before September 5th, or you won't save big bucks. Gotcha. Now, which tool do you need again? You know, Steve, you just stick to writing all those cute little questions for your trivia contests that we're hosting, okay? That can be your thing, Spearsy. Go to www.the80scruise.com to book. And don't forget to use the code STUCK before it expires on September 5th. Now on with the show. Travel back in time to the 80s. Reliving the music. Everybody have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. The movies. Yes! 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 Oh! 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 I'll have what she's having. And the parties. No one in my family ever drinks. That's great! You probably never run out of ice your whole life. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your pal, Steve Spears. And (laughs) B-Rad. And today we apologize, I guess, for giving you another episode of 80s News Now. All right, all right, I apologize. You're really sorry. I'm really, really sorry. I apologize unreservedly. Actually, I'm not sure why we're apologizing for this week's topics. We actually have a lot of cool news that's 80s related, so we're not sorry. I'm not sorry I took the money. Steve, that is the classic hashtag sorry, not sorry, and I like it. I like it. 
But before we get too much further, I would be remiss if I did not mention that we are happy, as always, to proclaim that Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. You do that well, Brad. You should do that every week. Anyway, so here's the deal this week. Uh, We haven't done one of these uh, formatted shows in a while. And there's a reason why, because a lot of times the news that we have is about... It's a Hollywood remake of a movie we love dearly. Right. And everyone knows we're just going to bellyache about how we hate Hollywood remakes. Or somebody dies and we're somebody sad. Di- oh, we're very sad. But this doesn't mean that the 80s are over. So um, so here. <laughs> it just means their career is over. Yeah, yeah. It just means no more you know, no more fresh releases from them. So, so here's what we decided to try to do this week. Neither one of us is going to say anything negative about any news item from this week it's gonna be all smiles all puppy dogs all lemonade all the time it's summer you're at the beach we're gonna keep it light keep it upbeat keep it happy (laughs) it's gonna be a challenge for as long as we can (laughs) it's gonna be a challenge so let's get started Thirty years later, we're about to see if the Karate Kid has any crane kick left in him. The Hollywood Reporter says a ten-episode TV series called Cobra Kai is coming to YouTube Red, and it will reunite stars Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka. Uh, as we all remember from our homework, uh, Macchio plays the heroic Danielson against Zabka's villainous Johnny Lawrence. Uh, by the way, did you know Johnny's last name, Brad? Johnny Lawrence. Je- yes, Mr. I Lawrence. Know Johnny. Mr. Lawrence. <laughs> Isn't he in that Christmas movie? What Christmas movie? Oh, yeah, he's in National Lampoon's Christmas. He's a villain in every movie he's ever been in. I, so, I, I was talking s- about the Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, the no, David Bowie. No, see, no, you went too deep. You should I know. Shouldn't get too That's deep. Too he's too actually in National off, Lampoon's uh, European vacation. And he plays he's in the, uh, Back to School. Back to School. Just one of the guys. Just one of the guys, yeah. He's great. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, um, the actors will reprise their roles in Cobra Kai with the down-and-out Johnny uh, reopening the karate dojo. Meanwhile, uh, Daniel LaRusso... Mortgages do not exist in this dojo. (laughs) They do. Meanwhile, Daniel LaRusso will be found still recovering from the loss of his mentor, Mr. Miyagi. Um, Mm. The story will be set 30 years after the end of the All-Valley Karate Tournament, which served as the finale of the original 1984 movie. So remember, nothing negative. How much do you love this idea, Brad? I This one's got my attention. I'm really kind of excited about this. Me too. Uh, I, I think it has it's just it has a lot of the pieces in place for it to be good. And I'm, I'm going to, in the spirit of the show, I'm going to give the writers and the showrunner the benefit of the doubt. There's just so much material there that speaks to us. You know, here's this thing that happened 30 years ago in their life. God knows where they've been, but there's so much, there's just so much stuff that they could unpack. Like now they're dealing with their kids going through this stuff and now they're dealing like, how do they feel about each other? Like maybe they're kind of buddies, like they still are in karate. So they're kind of, you know, you're all right, LaRusso. So maybe they had, they were okay for a while there, but they're still that, you know, I did kick your ass at the, the Oak Valley karate tournament. So there's just <laughs> like, you know, it's funny. I was talking with the kids last night about how we were talking about this show and I said, you know, there's stuff that happens to you in high school that 
you kind of you replay it like it just kind of replays and you're like oh if i'd only you know if i'd serve the ball here or if i had been ready to you know take the shot from there and it just these things kind of take on this larger than life uh importance to you right i mean presumably you 80s nation listening to the show know what i'm talking about It'd be interesting to see how they address that. I, I yeah. think there's a lot there, and I think there's a chance for it to be really funny and really good. Well, and that's to me the key is that it is supposed to be a comedy. I think if you try to make a serious TV series on Karate Kid, it doesn't work. But a yeah, comedy, it can't be too serious. It can't be right. too serious. And I think the other thing that's going to be interesting is that from what I've read, the series will be focused more 50-50 on the character. So it's not going to mm-hmm. be Danielson dominating the storyline. They'll both be getting part of it hence the name cobra kai instead of karate kid so yeah anyway look for it to debut next year on youtube red let's move along oh boy the wheels in the sky keep on turning journey founder and guitarist neil sean is not at all happy uh, to learn that a few of his band members visited the white house recently Keyboardist Jonathan Cain and his wife, Paula White, who has been called a spiritual advisor to Donald Trump, along with lead singer Arnel Pineda and bassist Ross Valerie, were spotted taking a tour of the White House by the press in late July. A photo of the band members posing with Trump has also appeared online. This last week, Sean was not shy about expressing his uh, anger about it on Facebook. He posted something that said, quote, I will remain strong and consistent with the belief that we've always shared and agreed upon. Journey should never be used or exploited by anyone, especially band members for politics or any one religion, unquote. So here's the fun part. Remember, we're staying positive. You bet. On social media, Neil has been hinting that as a result of all this, he may reteam with Steve Perry and possibly even keyboardist Greg Raleigh. And how cool would that be, Brad? Well, it would be it would be something to see Neil and Steve Perry together again. That is true. I I kind of have to say that I feel like this is if that happens, this is a a, a pretty thin premise for that. Like uh, you know, bands come and bands go, bands break up, bands get together for all kinds of different reasons. Um, if you're looking for a reason to break up, then I suppose that's as good as any. Well, I think I think you've been together. They've been together for thirty seven years, Sean and. Kane and only I think within the last few years has the religion aspect kind of crept up and I think they've also kind of been feuding about musical directions whether they should go back and record new music whether they shouldn't um, what they should be focusing on there's obviously all the pressure from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in a reunion with Steve Perry to think about but the one thing I like, and I'm leaving politics completely out of this, to me it doesn't have anything to do with you know Democrats or Republicans. If what Neil is saying is he's for, he formed this band back in 1972 and it has always been his belief that we do not exploit the brand or use the name for political reasons and that – he says, Journey was not at the White House. Three individual members were. Tours are done, but it could have been done more privately. So I don't even think that he necessarily objects to the three members having been at the White House or whatever. Yeah. What he objects yeah. to is the fact that it sort of got publicized and that the name of the band got dragged into it. 
So I, I think it'll be curious to see what happens. Sean and Kane have been feuding for months. I mean, that's no surprise. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, no news there. Right, right. So if this means that Greg Raleigh and Steve Perry come back and the three of them do some sort of interesting thing, hey, you know, the musical world could use the shakeup. L- let me ask you a question. When is the What was the last uh, release of new Journey music? When was that? Maybe about six, seven years ago. Okay. So here's my recipe, Mr. Sean. I know you're listening. I know you're a big fan of the show. <laughs> here's my recipe for you. You need to put out a new album. I, I, I want you to be putting out some new music. I, I, I mean, I think we all have... You know, Journey has a place in every 80s fan's hearts. I think that's the easiest way to put it. I've been very clear. I was not a huge fan in the 80s. I felt it was corporate, soulless rock. But there's a lot of it that I really enjoy now. And I think what you need to do to keep from turning into just this pure nostalgia act, as a guy who hosts a pure nostalgia podcast, (laughs) is you need to put out some new music. I mean, look at what Duran Duran is doing. Duran Duran has been putting out new stuff. Some of it is better than others. Not all of it is gold. But it shows that there's still some vibrancy. There's there's still some creativity. They're not just sitting back. And I think I think that, that you need to bring that to the table, Journey. You need right. to do that. So call me, Neil. I got some song ideas. <laughs> we'll get this done. Well, what's interesting is, I mean, Greg Raleigh uh, and Neil Sean and Steve Perry, they wrote the music up and yeah, exactly. all the way through the Departure album. And then Greg Raleigh retired to spend more time with his family. And Jonathan came, came on board and became a primary songwriter. So it's, it's this is a perfect time. For yeah. a change of uh, scenery for everybody, Greg. Surely your family is tired of you by now. <laughs> I know. I miss him. He could. He sang well. He was great. I. I miss pre-escape journey. I love that music as much as I love post-escape journey. So yeah. So this could be an interesting. I think you make a good point. Some interesting things could come out of this if that right. actually happens. Exactly. Let's move along. Cue up the Phil Collins tunes, shine up the sports car, and get those pastels back into your wardrobe, Bradley. It seems that Miami Vice could be returning soon to network television. Uh, I still wear pastels. I I know you do. I don't know what you mean by that. I know you do. Hollywood Reporter says NBC is teaming with actor Vin Diesel to reboot the famous 80s series, which ran from 1984 to 1990 on the Peacock Network. Peacock Network. I have to say that a few times. Uh, the original mm. show starred John John Johnson and John Donson and, and Michael Michelson. It starred the original show. <laughs> hey, the Norris Josephson Jesterson. The original show, of course, starred uh, Don Johnson, Philip Michael Thomas, uh, as two detectives whose names are not at all hard to pronounce, and yet it's just been one of those days. It's just whimsical fun. <laughs> yeah. The show is beloved, of course, for its MTV-friendly music in the, each episode and setting in Art Deco Miami. Brad, I think this idea could actually work. Miami Vice on the small screen? I think if you capture the same elements that the original series had, sky's the limit. After all, they made Hawaii Five-0 a hit again. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go with this. It's it's the right place for Miami Vice. Sure. Miami Vice on the big screen. Um, since we're not being negative in the show, the less said, the better. Uh, but yeah, I think this could work. I think that they have uh, they have a template. Um, it's not like cop procedural shows are that hard to figure out. So yeah, I think this could work. I know that there is a lot of outrage. 
but we've said this many times, them making a new version of it, they don't go back and erase all the tapes of the old version of it. You'll still be able to get to it. Yeah, so. yeah. I, 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 I toy back and forth with the idea of what's a better idea? Do you... Do you remake the old? Do you remake the old version and set it in the eighties again, and just play up all the kitsch, or do you move along to the future and just do a contemporary version of it? Which I think is the obvious thing that they'll probably do. But I'm still yeah. tempted because I just love. I would love to see a TV series really capture the eighties and do it well. Here's what I'd like to see. I, I'd like to see it done in a contemporary setting. And I'd like to have them get a couple of like dead cases that are from the 80s Ooh. that they have to work on every now and then. And those could be in a flashback and they could, you know, maybe show some of the some of the police work that went in at the time. And so they'd have like an opportunity to kind of put some stuff in that actually fit into the modern storyline. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see. So, again, call me, guys. I'm full of great ideas. <laughs> yes. I'm in the book. We've got time on our hands. Under yeah. B-Rad. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we've got time for one more 80s news now item. Here we go. Bruce Willis is a one-line quip-delivering vigilante. I can't believe I wrote that and said it all in one sentence without stumbling. That's amazing. Uh, what's believable is that it's actually going to happen. Death Wish, the movie franchise that got its start in 1974 with Charles Bronson as a star, is coming back this fall to movie theaters. Of course, uh, it became more infamous in the 80s for all the sequels. Yeah. A new trailer has Bruce Willis now playing the vigilante paired alongside some kick-ass music from ACDC. Okay, Brad, we've been on our best behavior for three news items now. Should we stay on best behavior for this item? Um, well, I'm going to be positive, Steve. I'm positive that I do not care about this at all. <laughs> I, it's a, it's a look. It's a revenge movie. It's not like there's anything special about Death Wish that makes it 80s. You yourself pointed out that Death Wish started long before the 80s were even a glimmer in anybody's eye. Well, the first movie did, but I mean, it had yeah. three sequels in the eighties. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not too troubled by this. I mean, it, it's a it's a revenge movie, and they're using that they use that name to get it made. Right. We wouldn't be talking about it. It's a. It was if part it of called something pitch. else. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Bruce so that, Wish doesn't yeah. have the same ring to it. Here's here's what I want. I I, I like Bruce Willis, and I, I think he's a good actor, and I like. A lot of the things that he's appeared in over the years. Die Hard. Hudson Hawk. <laughs> Maybe not so much Hudson Hawk. Fifth Element. You know, I mean, I, oh, yeah. I like him most of the time. And I want good things to happen to him. He's one of us. You know, He's one of the 80s yeah. generations. Oh, he's one of our very, heroes. Very true. Very I want true. him to find success at his chosen profession. If this movie becomes a great success, well then, you know, bully, sir. But I, I just worry about... Uh, this is not the kind of movie, personally, I would pick to uh, you know to revive. I thought it was kind of a despicable theme to begin with. You know, yeah. it was certainly not something like, "Hey, I'm a huge fan of Death Wish." I mean, nobody says <laughs> well, that. Yeah, <laughs> but but I mean, what, didn't I say this in the last podcast? Revenge never really goes out of style. I mean, it, it's yeah. a, it's a timeless storyline. So, interestingly enough, uh, Elizabeth Shue also is going to star in the movie as um, his wife. For at least a few minutes of the movie. Spoiler yeah, alert. Say, bad things happen <laughs> to that character in the original. Don't get romantically involved <laughs> with in the Death Wish movies. Don't get too attached to that character, boys and girls. But you know what you can get attached to? The, the Seggies. Ah, it's time for listener, reader, email, letter bag. 
because Brad likes to write things on the show notes and just waits for me to read them without even thinking about it. Steve just reads it. Anyway, we got a great letter this week from Pensacola Jim, who writes in with a new show idea and a story to go with it. Bradley, take it away. Here we go. Buckle up, boys and girls. Jim writes, Dear Stephen Brad, I think you should do a show on the stupidest thing we did for the love of a girl or boy. Oh, God. Oh, man. Narrow to just one? Yeah, just uh, yeah. the stupidest we could maybe do top ten. For me, it happened in my junior year of high school. I'd become smitten with a girl named Karen in 10th grade. Uh, now, I have to say, now I'm picturing um, Karen from Last American Virgin. Yeah, I'm picturing an actual mm-hmm. real-life Karen, and real I don't like the Karen. way these things are going. Okay, well, let's get get back to it here. Pensacola continues. I managed to get up the nerve to talk to her one day, and we actually hit it off quite nicely. From that point on, I made it a point to, air quotes, coincidentally, be in the same hallway as Karen between classes, just to get in a quick hello and try to make her smile. Even if my next class was clear across campus, I found a way to always be conveniently nearby. Now that I think about it, I probably should have tried out for the track team because all the sprints to make it to class with only a minute to spare really helped me get in shape. Oh, oh boy. Here we go. What I didn't realize is that I was slowly working my way to a place in the friend zone. Mm. Even though Karen eventually told me of my fate when I revealed my feelings for her, I lived in denial for the next year, trying to claw my way out. I sent her flowers. Oh, Gave her a ride when she needed one. Uh, Listened to her boyfriend problems with a sympathetic ear. Uh, And always complimenting her. Hey, where did you get those shoes? Those look great. And having something witty to say. Oh, sure is dry these days. Surely I would stumble upon that magic formula that would allow me to escape my destiny. My density. My destiny. Finally, in January 1984, I thought my luck was changing. Karen asked me to attend a concert with her. Without a blink of an eye, I gave her an emphatic yes. My chance had arrived, and I would grab it. I should say that at this point in life, I'd never been to a concert, and now I was going to see my first with the girl that I had been head over heels for for well over a year. I always envisioned the first concert I would see would be one of my favorite bands like Van Halen, Loverboy, Def Leppard, or maybe Rat. However, those bands were not the kind that Karen preferred to listen to. (laughs) Because of love, I chose to surrender my concert virginity to... Hello? Is it me you're looking for? Yes, that's right. Lionel Richie and the Pointer Sisters. (sighs) I did my best to give the impression that I was blown away by the show. (laughs) No, really. I really liked it. Really. I was really just happy to be able to spend a night with Karen, and I thought that sharing the moment would make the difference. But alas, it wasn't enough. I soon realized that I was still stranded on Friend Island and always would be in her eyes. Karen and I were close friends for the remainder of high school and even for a few years after that. But then, like so many other friends from the past, we drifted apart. I haven't spoken to her in over 20 years. I since learned that she had been dealing with some substance abuse and had a few run-ins with the law over the years. So maybe in hindsight, there was a greater power looking out for me. Needless to say, anytime someone asks my first concert was, there is some hesitation to answer. Sometimes I tell the truth. Sometimes I lie and tell them my second, which was rat, if I don't feel like dealing with the snickers and the ridicule. Oof. My two sons are just now starting to let girls into their lives. I've told them that they will look back one day and not believe all the foolish things they did for the love of a girl. I tell them I know this to be true because their father was also a fool for love back in his younger days, many times over. I appreciate everything you do to give the greatest decade the recognition it deserves. Still stuck in the 80s, Pensacola Jim. 
<laughs> First of all, I, I'm going to lead with this. This is an excellent show idea. We are definitely doing this. As far as I'm concerned, we can do it tomorrow because I don't yeah, need any research. <laughs> Dear journal. <laughs> All I got to do is pour myself a, a wild turkey and club soda, and I'm telling you, the notes will write themselves. Yeah. Um, Let me I call my therapist. I, the thing is, I've shared a lot of these stories on the podcast over the years. Yeah. But I'm sure I can go mining for some uh, <laughs> some more ore. <laughs> some- more stuff, yeah. Well, There's, and of course, as always, the the letters from the listeners are really kind of bringing into. It's like yeah. the 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 next version of the "Give us your hot tub time machine" story. Yeah. So I guess let's go ahead and say, please start sending in your stories yeah. about the dumb things you did for the love of a girl boy. Pentacle Jim, I can only say that I think you played it perfectly. Yeah. I don't. I would not beat myself up one bit over. What you did and how long you stuck with it, and um, you didn't give up. That's all you can Works ask in the for. Movies. Works yeah. in the movies. I would not at all feel scarred from this. I mean, it's obviously like all experiences <laughs> with the opposite sex. <laughs> but, it's but horrific. Steve, your scars are so much deeper. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, because I, I pick at them every week for yeah. people's pleasure. Here's the thing that I took from this. I mean, this is a this story. It feels just if, if the you can just feel it soaking out of the email at you just like oh there's all this angst in there but the thing he says at the end about talking to his sons about it i'm like i have to have that conversation with my son i was kind of surprised that neither of my kids dated in high school and now they're going off to college and i imagine it'll happen then but i kind of want to tell him you know you're not gonna you, you don't have any idea how how crazy you are going to behave and the dumb things you're going to do and you should just kind of expect it and be okay with it on yeah some forgive yourself yeah you exactly know. And Pensacola Jim, you should forgive yourself too. Yeah. You've done nothing wrong, though, Pensacola Jim. You played it. I wish I'd played any situation in my life as well as you played yours. I mean that honestly. That's not the booze talking. Because actually, I'm not drinking tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but if Call I were. later. Then the booze will talk. Yeah. Look for, look, look for some texts from me around 11 p.m. tonight. As always, like I said, send your stories about the dumbest thing you've ever done for a boy or girl. Send them to podcast at sit80s.com. We will uh, throw those into the pile along with some from me, Brad, and we'll probably have a guest host. I mean, we might have Jen we, with one N. I think we need we a. We will cherish your stories and we will hold them up with the <laughs> utmost of respect and only mock you gently in the places where it seems appropriate. Right, exactly. As is such, such is our custom. Uh, it's time for our new favorite seggy. It's uh, I want my mystery TV theme song, which I actually, actually got it right. That's interesting. We will yeah. uh, we will play a snippet of a TV theme song from the eighties. If you can get it right, you are entered into the drawing for a fifteen dollar ball opener. From what I understand. Oh yeah, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> okay, pay attention. Here's the clip from the last time we did this seggy. Yes, that's the theme from ALF. I was never a big fan of this TV show. Were you, Brad? Never saw it. 
My dad loved it. I mean, I I think I probably saw like moments of it. I was changing the channels, but it was not on my radar. This is a wasn't this the second half of the '80s show? Second half of the '80s, we were in college. I don't think. Yeah. <laughs> as much problem as Pensacola Jim is having, I think we would have had more trouble if we were going into the college dorm lounge and saying, "I want to turn on Alf." Like, oh, I would like to be ostracized starting now until the end of time. Never getting laid ever again until you leave Gainesville. So. Anyway, uh, Bradley, read some winners. Winners this week. And this was uh, apparently a lot of our listeners did watch the show, or at least they know the song. Here we go. Winners this week include Todd in Minnesota, Joseph Perdue, Alex Stix, Cardoso Solis in Tijuana, Mexico, Chris Cooling, David Sensei in Tokyo, Alan Titus, Arnie Boss in Stockholm, Buckeye Girl, Chris B. Critter, OJ in La Caruna, Spain, Rick Korolik, Dave Augie August, Canuck in Cali, Chris in Baltimore, Maureen Holt, Christian in Duluth, Greg from 1985, Aaron Shirley, Oliver the Bard Bardenhire, Jace Wash in Beaver Creek, Peter Ryan, Michael in St. John's, Michigan, Kirk in Friendswood, Jen McCarthy, and Eric the 16-bit kid Barube who writes. The Mystery TV theme song is ALF, performed by the Edwin Davids Jazz Band. Fun fact, they also performed the theme song for Benny Hill. Wow. That's obscure. Yeah, nice. I know. That's, huh. well, everyone knows that theme song, but I had no idea that that's who performed it. So before you spin the wheel of destiny, tell us the story about the $15 bottle opener. So, look, international listeners, by which I mean people not in the continental United States, or I guess in the United States, I'm not sending you a bottle opener. <laughs> <laughs> I had two to send out this week, and it basically cost me $15 to send a $1.50 bottle opener because um, you have to fill out the customs declaration and all this international hoo-ha and blah, blah, blah. So... I'll send you a postcard. That'll work. Uh, so spin the wheel of destiny. Let's find out who won the uh, reasonably priced bottle opener. Mm. Yeah, you didn't pull something on that one. It's not, it's not yeah, like, you know, I've been I've been doing a lot of yoga lately. My shoulders are feeling strong. That's all good. that plank. <laughs> plank. No planks here. Down dog. <laughs> Downward dog is sort of like my uh, trajectory in life. Really, not really much of a yoga. Not pose. really a yoga pose. So we're going to land on, we're going to land on, we're going to land on Kirk in Friendswood, which I doubt oh, is an nice. actual place. Sounds phony. I don't know. It's going to turn out to be in Austria. <laughs> yeah, anyway, check postcard. Yeah. Kirk, send us your snail address and we will send you some swaggerino. In the meantime, pay attention. Here's this week's mystery TV theme song. If you know it, email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a winner. We'll be right back after this commercial break. You're the Pepsi generation. It's a whole new game you're facing. Let's begin. Hey, it's my you're in. It's gonna be Pepsi now. Oh, what a time. It's gonna be Pepsi now. What a time for a Pepsi's giving It's gonna be, gonna be, gonna be Pepsi now Is the time 
And we're back. We have just a few minutes left. I thought, let's play. Let's let's revive an old tradition here. It's stuck in the eighties, and let's play. What's your eighties obsession? Brad, what's your eighties obsession this week? My eighties obsession this week is the new Ready Player One trailer. Very good. Have you seen it? Yes, many, many times. And I've had people come over and say, what do you think, Spearsy? So I've I've answered this question. Yeah, I think that I'm still, okay, in the the spirit of the show, I'm pretty positive on this movie. I'm still somewhat concerned because I feel like there's just, you know, there's a temptation there to just overload it with references and not have any story. But I think the trailer is great. There's not a ton of 80s stuff going on in there. There's some. There's definitely a flying DeLorean. Uh, but there's some 90s things in there, too. The Iron Giant shows up. But the the Rush song drop mm. is, if you'll, if, you'll, if you'll forgive me the language, 80s Nation, the way they use it is f***ing perfect. <laughs> if you haven't read the book by Ernest Cline by now, though, I really highly recommend you read that before you even think about going to see the movie. Because I don't think it's going to capture – all the magic of the book. It's just impossible. And when you read the yeah. book, you'll be like, it's, it's okay. It's going to be a different beast. Yeah. They'll it's going to be people, a different animal. People will understand when they read the book. They're like, ah, I see what they're talking about. There's no way yeah. that we they can just recreate can't make this. that into a straight movie because. Not, yeah. not with the way copyrights go these days. You just couldn't. So. Well, and you know, big studio picture with Spielberg directing, they're going to make something that they can sell tickets to everybody. Right. Not just exactly. us 80s nerds. So anyway, it's, it'll be interesting. I forget when it comes yeah. out, but it's, I cannot wait. Um, likewise, yeah. my eighties obsession is actually more. It's available right now. It's on Netflix. What? It's a series called Glow, the Gorgeous mm. Ladies of Wrestling, and it is a semi-biographical account of a TV show in the late eighties called The Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, and it stars Mark Marin, who is my all-time favorite podcaster. I love his interviews. He stars. Wait, I as- thought I was your all-time favorite podcaster. <laughs> Damn it, Spears, you lied to me. No, it has always been Mark Marin for me. Oh. He plays the director of a TV series that's conceived to basically sort of be a women's version of professional wrestling in the 80s. Yeah. And it's fantastic. It has it's chock full of 80s music, you know, which is always a bonus. Uh, Absolutely. And the storyline's pretty great. It's it's you know, it's it's obviously very Netflix friendly, so the language is out of control and there's some Obligatory nudity, <laughs> including Mark Maron, for that matter. But I think it's eight or nine episodes, maybe ten episodes, and they're one hour each. It's easy viewing. I think I watched all ten in two days. You watched them all. You made it all the way through. I, I did. Know sometimes I, you, I know sometimes you hold that last one in reserve. I do. And this time I went all, I blew right through it, and that's what she said. That's awesome. And, um, so that's it's, it's a fantastic show. Take the time to watch it. You will not regret it. Uh, maybe put it's the kitties to bed. Yeah. Put the kitties to bed first, maybe, or else you're going to have some awkward conversations. <laughs> <laughs> well, my mom watched it and told me she liked it. Although she's like, I didn't know at first. It was a little, mm, I don't really know how to describe it. I'm like, okay, interesting. You have my attention. But she really enjoyed it. So it's, it's, it's fun. It's better than I thought it was going to be. From every angle. So Katie and I, who we just are terrible at watching television, maybe when we get our kids off to college in the next month or so, we will uh, have some time to sit on the couch. When we're not sobbing, we can watch some TV. Yeah, when you're not sobbing, exactly. Speaking of sobbing, don't forget to send in your letters telling us what idiots you were and the dumb, stupid things that you'll never forgive yourself for because you were smitten with the opposite sex. Or the same sex. Hey, I don't care. Hey, yeah, whatever stupidity works for you, knows, man. Stupidity knows no boundaries. <laughs> 
And in the meantime, myself, Bradley, fans of Ready Player One, Mark Marin, and the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. On board the Celebrity Summit, on board the Celebrity on board the Celery Summit, on board the Celebrity Summit this spring. <laughs>